19 Christmas sermon ideas coming up here on the Better Sundays podcast at reachkeep.com. Welcome to the Better Sundays podcast, focused, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. This is Mike Holmes here at reachkeep.com at the Better Sundays podcast, and I have got a treat for you today. I have 19 different sermon topics that you'll be able to use for Christmas uh, this year or whenever you'd like to use them. These ideas are all original with me, and I have preached every one of these sermons right here at the Sinclair Baptist Church, and I hope that they are helpful for you. I'm not going to give you all the outlines of the entire sermon, but I give you kind of the titles and the general gist of it, and you'll be able to run from there. So this is something that we've had many requests for, is just the idea of, of coming up with some, how, to do, how do you do sermons over and over and over on the exact same topic? One of the things about Christmas that is somewhat bothersome to some preachers is the fact that they've already covered it, and they've been through it not last year, and the last year, and the last year. And how do you keep coming up with new materials on the the same topic. If you're an expository preacher and you kind of go verse by verse and you take word by word and you work your way all the way through it, I've got a couple tips for you at the end here kind of to help you with that. So let's just jump right into a couple of the kind of pre-concepts here that I want to touch on and then we'll dive into the 19 different topics First of all, um, this is kind of a, a topical time of the year. There are many, many things that we can preach on and teach on, and it is important for us to to really be relevant as a church. You will get visitors this time of the year that don't come any other time of the year, and I think if we can give them good, relevant, topical things that they can think on, they can really grab hold of straight from the Bible, straight from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then what we can do is maybe get a chance to get those people back and start to develop them into something more than just a Christmas and Easter Christian. We obviously need to develop some of these people. And so here's a couple topics that will kind of help with that. These sermon ideas that might keep them around and get them starting to grow. So remember, it is sort of a time of the year when you really can break out of your normal uh, routine of teaching and jump into this, uh, you know, idea of teaching on something very specific. The second thing I want you to remember, and it kind of goes along with this one, but it's kind of this idea of strike while the iron is hot. In other words, people are thinking about these things. There are spiritual thoughts running around in their head this time of the year. Let's move forward with some of that, and let's do what we can and change your pace a little bit and give them something to really think about. Now, if you are reaching a lot of new young families, this will be obvious to you. If you're not, and you have the same regular folks that are there every Sunday, what you want to do is tell them that you're going to give some, some very relevant sermons and ask them to bring some visitors, ask them to invite somebody to be there for these particular uh, topics that you're going to be teaching on, because it's going to be a different viewpoint, a different approach, and you'll be able to help those people right where their specific needs are. So this idea of it being a topical time of the year and just really 
really kind of ringing the bell, uh, I think that that's a very, very important thing. When we have this opportunity to reach people and they come to church for the first time and to hear something, we want to make sure that we deliver something to them, again, that is very pertinent. I did a a VBS quite a few years ago in a little town uh, a few states away from here, and we were going to have the closing program and invite all the parents to come. And I made a big deal to kids of bring your, bring your parents and all that. So we had all these parents that came and I told the pastor, I said, you can have all these parents come and I want you just to really give them something really relevant about how to raise their family in a, a ungodly times or how the Bible can be their guidepost for the family or, you know, something along that line. And he, for whatever reason, he just was uncomfortable doing that and in Ended up preaching his, uh, staying in his series on like Revelation chapter six and you know this judgment and that judgment, and I really felt it was a wasted time uh, that could have been something much more relevant. Now I don't like to be critical of pastors, and and I think if you know me, you know that's not my point. But I think that we can do better in some ways. And so let's have some topics. Let's have let's take advantage of that season and really work it and do a good job with it. Now, the Christmas season is a little bit longer than just Christmas Sunday. What we do at our church traditionally is we have at least three Christmas messages, and that's where these all came from. And these Christmas messages are all tied to a singular kind of theme, so someone can kind of come and get a you know a part A, part B, part C as they kind of go along. It's usually the three Sundays that are you know just directly before Christmas. Sometimes the way it falls. It is, you know, the Sunday is right after Christmas, and that would be the third one, and we would kind of have that as more of a follow-up type of sermon, but at least take the three weeks during the holiday period and teach on this very, very important topic. Now, we also have, during that time, a kids program where we are doing something very special with our children, and that is a, a, a big event. And then we also do a candlelight service, and you could use any of these for themes for one of those as well. Um, most of these are more like adult topic sermons rather than a kids program. But a few of them would fit for that. Uh, and the other ones are, uh, are like, say, candlelight service. If you've watched our last couple videos on that, and please uh, go check out the how to fire up your candlelight service and then uh, the two things that churches sometimes miss in a candlelight service. Make sure you watch those, and that'll really help you out. But uh, these can be used for, for one of those as well. Our candlelight service is, though, a little bit more like, you know, read a verse and sing a hymn and read a verse and sing a hymn and read a verse and sing a hymn, a little bit of. Uh, uh, explaining and then then we're kind of done. So let me just uh, jump into these topics here. And again, I'm just going to give you the title for them and you can kind of run with them if you want. Um, I don't think I'll necessarily, well, I'll just try to say the number. Actually, I found there's, there's more than 20 or there's more than 19, but 19 is what I had the total on the other day when I was writing these down. So <clears throat> I'll explain them the best I can, go through them quickly. If you got any questions on them, uh, you can always get in touch with me at info at reachkeep.com. Those of you that are in the ReachKeep Academy, uh, we have regular Zoom meetings and you can ask about these and, and ask me questions about these at any time uh, and I'll be able to help you. If you're not in something like the ReachKeep Academy, you need to kind of think about that. That's one of those things that's very important. I meet with pastors. I talked with three different pastors today from across the country, uh, all part of our uh, our training assembly here, our, our network, 
And uh, they join up, and on a monthly basis, we work together and talk about things and go through things, and that uh, will be open for registration. It's always open the, about the first 10 days of the year, and if you're interested, it's something, uh, we'll get you the address to that, uh, and you can take a look at that at, uh, later. But there'll be some mailings coming out on some of that. But um, reachkeep.com, there'll always be something on our website that talks about the academy uh, being open. But this is the kind of stuff that we do, real practice practical stuff on there. And by the way, if this is practical to you, and this is good, um, a thumbs up would be good, but also make sure you subscribe to this channel on YouTube so that you get these regular uh, bursts of this stuff when we do this. It, it will be notified to you, if you, especially if you hit that little bell, and uh, you'll be able every week, uh, we do something very special to help pastors uh, create flourishing churches. So make sure you hit the thumbs up, like it, or subscribe if you're listening to this on uh, as a podcast. So let's jump into our sermons. Uh, <clears throat> this first one here is called The Nativity Scene, okay? And it's not the Nativity S-C-E-N-E, but it's spelled out the other way, uh, The Nativity Scene, okay? The theme here was, Do You See What They Saw? And if you're familiar with that old song, Do You See What I See, uh, kind of thing, we, we played that possibly, and it, when we did this one, I don't recall, but we used that theme of a fresh look at Christmas from the viewpoint of the nativity scene people. Every church or every house probably has a nativity scene that you have access to. And what I did was actually kind of grab the little characters, say we're going to talk about the shepherds here today, and what did they see? Where were they at? So it was just kind of a different way of going through the characters and having a little object lesson and talking about what Mary saw and how she pondered those things. What the, uh, what the shepherds saw and how they obeyed, what the wise men did and how they got their guidance. And so that was called the nativity scene. Uh, the second one here was, uh, this was a great one. I've actually preached this several times uh, over the last several years. It's called What Every Woman Wants for Christmas what every woman wants for Christmas. And we had a lot of interest in what that would be. And it essentially was the story out of Matthew chapter 1 of Joseph. Joseph was a conscientious man. Joseph was a respectful man. Joseph uh, sought God's guidance. And what every woman wants for Christmas is a godly man. And so we talked kind of how he basically preached on Joseph and everything from uh, Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we did uh, re uh, flip this on its head once, and we did what every man wants for Christmas, and we talked about Mary and how she was thoughtful and how she was humble and how she you know kept the things in her heart and, and kind of preached on it that way too. So that's a good series, what every man wants, what every woman wants. You probably could come up with another and what every kid wants and, and come up with a, you know, a special gift and talk about the Lord being uh, that special kind of gift. Uh, the third one I wrote down here is just a very simple, old-fashioned uh, phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. And a lot of people really like this because it sort of helps people grab hold of it. Parents are looking to help your children understand the reason for the season. And this is another good reason to continue to preach these type of things. And even though you've already like been through Luke 1 and Matthew 1 and 2 and you know, read, you know, preached all that stuff expositorily, possibly, you have families in your church that have new ch children and grandchildren, and they want their kids to hear the reason 
reason for the season. Uh, I had here that Jesus uh, can forgive your past, Jesus can strengthen your today, and Jesus can secure your future. Uh, you know, kind of ran with that. Um, the number four one I had, and this is actually three or four sermons here. You can kind of put these together, but I called it My Christmas Carols. And I took a Christmas carol and I preached through the Christmas carol, of course, using the text that the Christmas carol came from and, uh, you know, uh, kind of working through and making sure it was a good solid thing and, and uh, talked about all that. Um, I then at the end, I rewrote some of the words <laughs> just for fun. So instead of like joy to the world, it was joy to my world. You know, he rules my world with truth and grace, you know, and it was a, the idea of taking the words and so when you sing this song it becomes your Christmas carol but I went through and did a doctrinal uh, expose I should say of several Christmas carols that is really fun people will remember it you could do it two or three weeks before Christmas kind of building up do it on a couple of, of different ones that works uh, really good uh, my holy night, uh, you know, hark the herald angels sing, uh, God and me are reconciled, you know. Uh, there's some just really good ones you can do with a Christmas carol, uh, a great thing there. And again, of course, get your Bible verses in there and put that all together. Um, I did another series, a three-one series, a little play on words here, kind of like the nativity scene. This one was called The Christmas Presence. The Christmas presents, but it wasn't presents with the T at the end. It was the presents with the, you know, presents like uh, he is present in our life, um, present the presence in his, our life. So uh, he is present to guide us. That was the Mary and Joseph, uh, his presence to deliver us, uh, you know, from, and this was, uh, again, Mary and Joseph to be delivered from Herod, uh, and then he is presence, uh, his presence to assure us, and that was uh, Mary and Joseph being assured assured by the kings and I just thought that was a really a, a cool point I really enjoyed that is Mary and Joseph you know they went through a lot of things and it was it had to be kind of you know oh man amazing what what all they went through with the angels and the shepherds and all that and and you know later on when the kings showed up we know it wasn't exactly at that same time but however later it was what assurance that that must have been to them and how God's presence Okay, he sends people, puts people into our lives to to give us assurance, and we can be that assurance for other people and validate their faith and strengthen their faith and help them to mature. And uh, so that was all about the wise men there. Uh, the number eight one here um, had to do with uh, bringing Christ to the entire entire world, and, and I just use it again. I came out of a hymn, uh, "Light and Life to All He Brings." Um, and it was just, that was the title of it, Light and Life to All He Brings. And we talked about how Christ is for the entire world. And Christmas is not just a, a, a little segment here, but he gave himself a ransom for all. Okay, he is really for everybody. And actually kind of went through and did a little historical stuff about how they celebrate Christmas in other parts of the world. It was just kind of an interesting, uh, fun little thing. And again, this would be like a sermon uh, that you might use a couple weeks ahead of time. Light and Life to All He Brings. Oh, this one was one of my favorites, and I got a few notes here for you. Uh, we, this was off of the, the tune, O Little Town of Bethlehem, 
And if you are a, in a small church or a pastor of a smaller rural area or just kind of a secluded area of some sort, this might work for you. But it was O Little Town that changed my life. And I focused on the little town that changed the life of Jesus and how all the important stuff that happened uh, in, in Bethlehem. Okay, And I, I had a whole list of things here. Uh, it was the home of, of Jesse David's father. It was a place of offering by Samuel. Uh, it was a, a platform for the anointing of Israel's shepherd king. It was a refuge for David in his later years. Uh, it was prophesied about. It was documented in the holy writings. It was discussed by religious rulers. It was envied by Herod. It was shadowed by a miracle star, visited by kings, designated by Caesar, the destination of the census, the home of Joseph, the birthplace of the Messiah, the target of angelic announcers, the headquarter for local shepherds, the recipient of a jealous king's wrath, and it was the epicenter of a world-changing movement. That little town changed your life, your life and my life all goes back to Bethlehem. And then I kind of turned it around, and folks, it can all change for you in this little community as well. Right here in our little town or our little place, and you can kind of give that invitation so it can all start. This can be the epicenter for you. Come to Christ today and let your life be changed. And so a powerful, powerful message there, O little town of Bethlehem. But it turned out into a little town that changed my life. Okay, uh, let's see. Number ten. This one here was uh, the uh, the inn was full, but the manger was available. And uh, I don't remember even the notes on some of that, but I found the title. I was like, oh, I remember doing that. The inn was full, but the manger was available. So some good stuff there. Um, this next one is called The Christmas Journey. Okay. Uh, the Christmas Journey. And again, sort of talking about uh, the things that happened there, all the people that traveled. There was a lot of travel associated with Christmas. Even today, there's travel associated with Christmas. And people kind of think about that. They're traveling. And let's talk about those specific things. Okay. Uh, the Christmas Journey, it revealed that God, he was completely God. He was completely man. And he was completely love. Uh, I had uh, number 12 here, I have the shepherd's lamb, and that was a whole thing just on Luke chapter 2 with the shepherds and the sheep and all that kind of stuff. That was a really fun one. Uh, here's one, number 13, the best Christmas ever, okay? It has to do with God's perfect timing, and that was all based on Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to receive them. I better stop right there because I'm going to misquote it. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know that verse here, when the fullness of time was coming. I talked about timing with Christmas and the best Christmas ever when like someone's coming home. or And, and you can do this with people. Like they go, oh, when my grandma was coming and my aunt was traveling, the travel was coming. And how that makes Christmas so special. And when we start to be in motion, okay and we're going where god wants us to go it is the best christmas ever and you can have the best christmas ever by being exactly where god wants you to be okay so powerful one there uh let's see number 14 another just super cool one we did it was called the wyoming family christmas now i know some of you not gonna work for you because you don't live in in wyoming but it was the idea that god brought you here okay god brought you here and on purpose and you're here for this specific thing 
God has a plan for you, okay? And we had Wyoming, and we found a bunch of old pictures of Wyoming, did a bunch of history, and had a bunch of snow pictures and, and some of that, and uh, I showed some of those on the screen, and then pr pr talk about God bringing you here for such a time as this. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 uh, uh, oh, on that one here, we had, uh, or this is oh, oh, Holy Night. This is a good one. Um, I did another song one again, Oh, Holy Night. Uh, it all started 1,400 miles away. It was all put in motion. The Holy Night was started by Caesar Augustus, who put the taxation thing in there, and that God is control and control of, of all these things that are working in our lives, and God has brought you here. God controls your universe. God controls your environment. God can control your steps and God can control your heart if you give it to him. Okay. He's big enough to do all that. He was big enough to have Caesar start this thing to get Mary and Joseph to have to go to Bethlehem. And he has been at work in your life for this moment right now. Call upon his name and trust him as your savior today. He was wanting you. Okay? So that was Oh Holy Night. Oh, here was another fun one that we did on Scrabble. Okay? I got a bunch of letters. I made a piece of wood about this big, and I put a letter on each one, like the word Scrabble. And then this one we did with a kid's thing, and then we also used it the next several weeks. Okay? So I had letters here, uh, a bunch of letters, and I would have kids hold them and then they would turn them around and it would spell out something. So we spelled out the word star and the word adore. And I think we started with the word uh, scrabble and turned it into struggle and somehow, uh, you know, uh, relayed that into the whole thing. Uh, but that was really a fun one. Uh, the, you know, we had the word obey in there and all sorts of different things that, uh, that happened. So another good idea. <clears throat> Uh, the first Christmas family, okay, often talk about the first family like the president or the governor or something, and that first family. Who was the first Christmas family there, and uh, who all was there? And obviously Mary and Joseph, we go into some of the fact that the, there was other people in the community that obviously knew Mary and Joseph because it was a gathering of all their relatives. Uh, that's why they went there to be taxed. So, you know, were those people there? We don't really know, okay, but we know the ones that were there we know the shepherds were there and then of course we you can refer to the wise men as they uh as they came later you can kind of talk about that uh let's see uh the first you uh yeah okay uh the f oh this was good the first unusual christmas the first unusual and that was a weird title and i'd probably be like what is unusual about it and that is where we went into the virgin birth. It was unusual because this woman was a virgin. And we went into uh, the whole idea of the miracle and the necessity of the virgin birth. And this is one of those super important things that, that you know, if you're expository preacher and you kind of hit things as they go along, the virgin birth, you're going to catch it a couple different times, you know, as you're going through the New Testament or Old Testament, you're going to get it. But People need to know this a little bit better because this is a prominent term during 
the holiday season, the Virgin Mary, and what does it mean? We used a book um, by M.R. DeHaan called The Chemistry of the Blood, and it talks about the, I uh, got into the whole detail about the, the, the blood of the, the man and the woman in the, in the uterus, and it was very, very interesting. I had to kind of be real careful how I, I said it all, but it was very, very powerful. We had a lot of comments and a lot of thoughts on, on that one there. So the very first unusual Christmas Okay. Okay. When was the first Christmas? This was one we did a few years back and it was fun. And I went into all the different theories of was Christ born in the September? Was he born in the springtime? Was he born during the, you know, during the Christmas season? And there's really interesting document, not documentation, but theories on all of those kind of things. I'll let you figure that one out your, yourself. And, but to explain which ones and, and why people think very deep, a Bible study got into a lot of the stuff about Zechariah the priest and you know Elizabeth and some of that it was very interesting uh, and then one of my favorite uh, ones I did again this is on uh, Joseph but the title of this one was called the Virgin Joseph okay we got the Virgin Mary but tomorrow we're gonna be teaching about the Virgin Joseph come next week you'll learn about the Virgin Joseph and they're like eh, I never heard that term okay but it went through Joseph's life and his purity and his fact that, that God used him to raise Jesus Christ and, you know, as the earthly father there and uh, went through all that. It was just really a lot of fun. So all of these, and that's all, that was like 20-some right there. Um, all of these are just some very important things. Now, if you are an expository preacher and you do verse by verse, one of these things that's a little bit different for you that you have to uh, uh, kind of focus on, a little bit different change, is you're really still doing... The, the verses. I mean, yeah, you you got a scripture. That's what we preach on. Okay, so preach from the Bible, no doubt about that. But it is where this, the people need the connection and the relational stuff, and a little bit of that that needs to happen. You you basically are taking your illustrations and making them a little bit longer. You're taking your applications and you're making them more relational. So don't think that you're not by te- by doing a topical sermon, you know, on the on the Virgin Joseph or you know whatever it happened to be one of those I mentioned that you're you're kind of selling out to your normal uh, procedure. You're basically preaching instead of verse by verse, you're preaching verse with verse, okay? And that's a good way to preach. I mean, Jesus did it, Paul did it, you know. Uh, you can explain topics and put scriptures to them. That's actually a portion of discipleship. So this is really a discipleship uh, type series that you can do. You can really develop your people during the holiday season with all this. And so I want to encourage you to take these topics, revamp them however you want. And uh, if you want to talk about more of these, uh, go ahead and shoot me a note at info at reachkeep.com. Be happy to uh, connect with you and be be a blessing to you at that level. So anyway, thank you so much. If you, again, if this has been a blessing to you, hit the subscribe button. I appreciate that. Give us the thumbs up. Maybe share this with someone else. And uh, there are a lot of pastors out there that need some encouragement. And they need the Reach Keep Better Sundays podcast. They need things like this to keep them going. And uh, I'm just privileged to be able to do this kind of stuff. I'm having the time of my life. And I am glad that I get to do it with you. So from uh, my heart to you, Merry 
Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Have a great entire season. I love this time of the year. And you make sure that you just serve the Lord with gladness, man, and you just keep punching away uh, and doing what God wants you to do in your little community there. So Merry Christmas to you, and we'll catch you next time. God bless.